Hi there. Welcome to the Life Hack Show. Life is full of limitations. Learn how to break free and live your best life. Join me, Allie Kramer, Content Director of Lifehack, as I interview top experts in the self-improvement sphere for advice on how to make life more enjoyable, no matter who you are. If you're looking for insight on how to overcome any obstacle, this podcast is made for you. Today, we'll be speaking with Scott Young, author, entrepreneur, and philosopher about his book, Ultra Learning, and how he developed a tool that anyone can use to improve their career, studies, and life. Hi, Scott. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. Scott, you were also one of our first writers at Lifehack, which is really interesting <laughs> know, to me. Oh, I know, hey. <laughs> it was like over 10 years ago when you joined us. Oh, and yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's pretty impressive. You've been quite prolific since then. It's exciting to see how much you've progressed. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was one of my writing for Lifehack.org was one of my first, uh, first freelance writing gigs that I had. And again, like that was about a decade ago, maybe a little bit more. That's amazing. We appreciate all of the content that you've delivered. Your, your articles still get so much traffic. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Yeah. So let's start off by talking about your book, Ultra Learning, Master Hard Skills, Outsmart the Competition, and Accelerate Your Career. What does ultra learning mean? So ultra learning is a term that I kind of came up with to describe people who undertake aggressive self-directed learning projects. And that sounds super academic and technical, but what it means is people who take on projects to do something really cool, master some hard skill on their own, as opposed to just you know sitting in a classroom and have someone else tell you what to do. And they often pursue them in sort of unusual ways. And the outcome of this is that they often accomplish really interesting results. And this was something that I wanted to study because I think even if you don't wanna do something quite as extreme, there's a lot of lessons to be learned about how you can learn hard skills in your own life. So there's people I cover in the book, such as Eric Barone, who spent five years painstakingly mastering the art of uh, video game development, including how to do art, music, programming, etc., and ended up launching a multi-million dollar best-selling game. There's people like uh, Roger Craig, who built his own software to master Je Jeopardy trivia and ended up being the highest single day uh, winner of um, of all time at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, even people like Nigel Richards, who won the French World Scrabble Championship, even though he can't speak French. So interesting. So what can our listeners find within the book? So the book has, uh, the main chunk of the book is devoted to nine principles of ultra learning. And these are pretty much just the principles that you would expect to come into place whenever you're successful at learning anything. So rather than just being sort of bizarre things that you've never heard of before, a lot of these are very important um, tools that are built off of how our brains actually learn things. And so if you go through and you go through each of the principles and we can, you know, over the time in this podcast, we can discuss a couple if you're interested. Definitely. Uh, but, <laughs> but the principles are really, if you do learning activities and it's not aligned with these principles, it often fails. And the thing that I've noticed is people will often spend months approaching some new subject, let's say it's learning a language, or let's say it's learning programming or public speaking, and they don't get great results. And then they convince themselves that it's their fault, that you know they're mm. just not good at it, and they're not doing it well. And when I ask them what they're actually doing, it usually violates one of these principles. And so I wrote this book because I wanted people to be able to go through it, and not only to diagnose their own difficulties and obstacles in uh, getting better at things, but also so they could see why things have worked for them in the past. Because very often the reaction I get when people have read the book is, 
oh, you know what? When I was learning, and it could be just something random, like I, when I was learning photography, that's what I was doing. And that's why I got so good at photography. You know, I wonder if I could use this when I want to learn programming or when I want to study for my accounting exam or, or something like this. And so there's a number of principles and they're based in this cognitive science and the ultra learners who I met and interviewed in researching for this book, in my opinion, happen to apply these principles particularly well. And that's why they're able to accomplish these results. That's really fascinating. So it's almost like a, um, a framework that is used. And many people mm -hmm. think that learning stops at school or once you've uh, mastered university level or, you know, you're just, you're done learning. Um, it, it's, it's great because it sounds like in this book, that's simply not the case at all <laughs> as far as your opinion goes. Definitely. And I would say that a lot of people make this connection that learning equals school. And I think that's really unfortunate because, you know, school is important. School is often very important for certain professions and things you do in life, but it really occupies maybe a very small fraction of the total time we're alive. In contrast, learning, whether or not you think of yourself as a lifelong learner, is something you're doing constantly. Like if you look at, you know, you open a textbook that talks about learning and say, what is the definition of learning? It's changes in the brain resulting from experience that allow you to do things better. And that's really something that's happening continuously throughout your life. So learning is just this fundamental process of being a human being. And I think it's worth studying how it works and understanding it just a little bit so that you can prevent getting in these uh, common obstacles and pitfalls that we all encounter when we're trying to get good at new things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So uh, you yourself, have you always been interested in self-education? Like as a kid, did you often find yourself craving knowledge for subjects outside of school? <laughs> Well, I've always been a curious kid. So I, even when I was young, I liked reading things and I liked to learn about things. But for me, the real um, spark or interest in, you know, not just learning itself, but what I call ultra learning uh, came actually from an experience when I was in university. So hmm. I, when I was in university, I had the opportunity to go on exchange and I had the opportunity to live for a year in France. And so oh, cool. I was going to France. I was thinking, well, I'd like to learn French. And flash forward a couple months in France and my experience actually wasn't going super well. Like I, I was learning a little bit, but I mean, I wasn't doing super well in my class. I think I even got a D on my final exam and everyone around me spoke to me in English all the time, including my French friends. And so I was feeling really, about huh. this. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I was feeling a bit bummed about this. And around this time, this friend from home said, hey, have you heard of this guy, Benny Lewis? And Benny Lewis is a little bit famous now for his Fluent in Three Months projects where he goes around the world and tries to learn a new language in as little as three months. And when I first discovered him, I was sort of like, this is kind of a little bit reality shifting for me because, you know, I've been in France for longer than three months and my French is certainly not fluent. So what is he doing differently than I am? And the thing that I discovered wasn't that it was a single method. It wasn't like he had some trick and like you just did that trick, then you'd learn a language super fast. But his whole philosophy towards learning was different from mine. So instead of, you know, where I'm studying mostly at home and like feeling really timid about practicing, he was practicing through immersion almost from the first day that he was starting to learn. And so this really inspired me and it encouraged me to take on some projects, including my own project to learn languages later, where I went with a friend and instead of going to learn one language over a year, sort of tepidly through immersion, we decided to go and uh, do four. So we went to Spain, Brazil, China, and Korea to learn languages. And the method that we used, we called the no English rule. So when we landed in the country, huh. we spoke in the language we were trying to learn. And it worked much better than the approach that I was using there before. And not only was it much 
more effective, it was also easier because although there can be some frustration in the beginning when you go to a new country and do this, you don't have that constant feeling of switching back to English and having to push into the language you want to learn. Everything around you in your environment just makes practicing a habit. So that was one of the counterintuitive findings I had. And that was sort of one of my experiences with ultra learning and why I wanted to write this book is that very often what we have kind of taken for granted as the right way to learn things is often not the most effective way, nor even the easiest way that often if you can push through those initial frustrations and make a really concrete plan, you can actually learn things quite well and get to the point of learning where it becomes a little bit smoother and more fun and you feel less insecure about it a little bit more easily. And so that was a big inspiration for me in writing this book of going from just, you know, just being someone who's generally interested in learning to trying to practice this thing I call ultra learning. That's so interesting. And so that experience probably propelled you to develop these principles. Is that correct within the book? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was an observation. So I wanted to try to reach out not just to my own examples, but people who have done really, like really amazing stuff, learning some pretty incredible things. And branching out and looking at some of these examples from all sorts of domains, from language learning, to public speaking, to, you know, business skills, career skills, what have you. And I found in this process that there were some commonalities. So obviously learning a language like French and, you know, learning computer programming and, you know, learning to draw well are very different skills, but there are some common principles. And then I wanted to try to combine that with some of the cognitive science that points out, you know, how does the mind work and what do we know about what we need to have in place to learn effectively. And so this book was trying to kind of blend that sort of practical hands-on experience with some of the cognitive science so we can give kind of a roadmap for people who want to get better at skills that seem sort of daunting for them right now. That's really cool. Um, so for our listeners out there who are, are really, I'm sure, thinking about, wow, I want to be an ultra learner. Do you have any advice for them or anything that they could take away from listening to this that could get them kind of started or their mind working about the, the idea of ultra learning? Absolutely. So why don't I just tell two of the principles right now so that we can remove some of the suspense. So uh, one of the principles and one of the most important ones, which is somewhat surprising, it's one that I find that a lot of people don't even realize they're making this mistake, is a principle I call directness. And so there is an enormous amount of psychological literature that basically shows that the ability to transfer knowledge, meaning that you learn it in one context, let's say in a classroom, and you want to apply it in another context, let's say in real life, that this is actually much, much harder than most people uh, assume. Mm. And so, for example, in, uh, in one study, economics majors did not do better on questions of economic reasoning than non-economics majors. So you take economic students and you give them questions of economic reasoning, don't do better, even though they've taken tons of economics classes. Wow. Uh, another example, um, high students who have taken a high school psychology class did not do better on college level psychology classes. So these are, these are like, pretty basic things where we mm -hmm. would expect there to be a transfer of knowledge of, well, you've learned in this domain, you should be able to apply in another one. And this pervades our regular lives. I mean, if you are a programmer, maybe you've heard of the FizzBuzz test, which is a very simple test 
but interviewers often use it because a lot of people who graduate from CS programs, computer science programs, uh, can't really program at all. And so that they use this test just to weed out people who can't even write a simple program. And this is a little embarrassing about our education system, but it's also something that you can powerfully use to your advantage because because we know that transfer is really difficult, especially in the early stages of learning, you can avoid this problem by at least connecting what you want to learn to the place that you want to learn it very early on. So if you want to learn a new language, you should practice having some simple kind of placeholder conversations quite early on in the process, rather than spend six months playing with an iPhone app, hoping mm. that you'll eventually be able to speak on your upcoming trip to Spain, for instance. And so that's just a simple principle, but uh -huh. it's again, one that I think a lot of people make mistakes of. Um, another well, Sure. Society itself yeah. even just kind of trains us to do exactly what you're saying not to do. <laughs> Definitely. And I think it's, it's one thing that's very counterintuitive because when you talk to people about what they want to learn, they often don't think about it that way. They think in terms of, well, I want to have this broad abstract skill and they don't often think about what's the place that I want to use it in. And that it turns out is a really big mistake because if you aren't trying to connect it to some practical usage situation, it very often that knowledge becomes inert. It's never connected to a practical situation. So once the class is done or you finish reading the book or you, you know, stop listening to this podcast, you know, maybe you remember that podcast, but it never makes an impact on your life. So that's something that I highly recommend everyone do when they're trying to learn new things. Um, another principle, which again is, I think, poorly understood or something that is not widely appreciated is known as retrieval. So there's a really fascinating study done by Jeffrey Karpicki and Janelle Blunt. Um, and the, what they did is they divided students into different groups. And so one of the groups, they got to do what they call repeated review, which means that they gave them a text and they got them to read it over and over again. And another group, they got to do free recall. So that means that you read it and then you close the book and you try to remember without looking at it, everything that was in there. So you can write it out on a piece of paper, all the things that you had to uh, cover in that period of time. And what was interesting is immediately after this test, they asked the students, how well did you think you learned the information? So how well, if we gave you a test right now, how well would you score? And the ones that did repeated review gave themselves the highest score. They said, you know what? I know this. I've read it over and over again. I've got it. And the free recall people, in contrast, said, you know what, I don't have this. This is actually really difficult. I, I don't remember a lot of it. However, when you give them an actual test, the results flip. Wow. So the people who do free recall score much better than those who do repeated review. So this shows us that our brain is kind of hardwired to deceive ourselves into thinking that we have really mastered something when really we've just made it much more familiar for ourselves. And so retrieval is the principle that when you are trying to learn things, if you want to be able to retain them and use them in real life, you need to practice retrieving it from memory rather than just reviewing it or looking it up all the time. And so this is something that again, as I think another principle, a lot of people don't avoid, certainly students don't do when they are studying for exams and they read it over and over and over again, and they feel more and more confident. And then they go in the test and they bomb it. And they think that maybe the problem was with the test or how the teacher taught the information, but the problem was really with their studying habits. Even thinking about my own experiences with learning and stuff, and, and you're right, it has a lot to do with, you know, our perception of what we know. Um, so you've, you've accomplished quite a bit. I would say that you're pretty much an expert on, on learning at this point. 
Did you face any challenges or setbacks um, within your journey? You started so young. I, what did you say? Your your blog. You started at eighteen years old. Yeah, this? seventeen. I was. I was not quite eighteen yet. Oh time. wow. Yeah. So what have you faced getting to this point where now you have this great book and all this knowledge to share? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, I'd like to say I don't, I don't consider myself a learning expert. I would like to call myself a learning enthusiast. Um, I, I have had the privilege of interviewing a lot of bona fide experts, uh, people who, you know, spend their entire lives studying facets of the problem of how people learn. And, and for me, my goal in life has just been to try to learn things and sort of sharing that experience with people. So for me, writing this blog, um, I mean, I started writing the blog when I was quite young, as you mentioned, and I started writing about learning topics, you know, when I was in university, sort of around this time I was in France, and it started with just kind of studying advice. And then as I graduated and realized that, you know, learning is not something that is just an issue that students face, but something that we all face, and that it often impacts our lives in slightly different ways, because you know, life is not about taking exams, but it is about learning. And so this was sort of the kind of inspiration or, or key off, I guess you could say, for a number of projects that I, I worked on, such as um, this language learning one that I, I mentioned. And I did another project I called the MIT Challenge, which was to try to learn MIT's four-year computer science curriculum over uh, 12 months by passing the final exams and doing the programming projects. I've done other projects to learn drawing and quantum mechanics and cognitive science and, and other skills like that. And so for me, I feel like learning has just been such a big part of my life and one of the most rewarding parts of my life as well. So writing this book was just a chance to share that enthusiasm uh, with other people. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I'm really curious. Uh, it sounds like you're very invested in, in self-education and always have been. Do, yeah. do you inject that into your daily life? Like what's a typical day in the life of Scott Young? <laughs> well, it depends on the day. So I, people like have these, what's your daily habits? And my habits shift so much because it depends on what I'm working on. So right now, for instance, I'm recording this podcast with you and we're having this lovely conversation and I've been having quite a few lovely conversations with people about this book. But if we flash forward like a year before, I am, you know, in the coffee shop writing my book or reading book textbooks and journal articles, trying to make sense of this learning thing as I'm putting the book together. And in other times, you know, when I was doing the language learning project, I was in other countries and learning and, and doing that kind of thing. I'm always trying to learn things. So even if I'm not doing a ultra learning project or something that's quite intensive, I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to inject the things that I find interesting into my daily life. And I think that that's something that a lot of us are interested in. That's something that a lot of us try to do. And not to mention even the things that we don't often think about as, as being learning, I think often are learning. So mm. you know, if you're trying to figure out, okay, I've written a book, how do I market it? That's kind of a learning project or definitely a website or, you know, I want to figure out, you know, how to file my taxes. I mean, we don't often think of these things as learning projects, but that's what they are. And, and I think that if you view them as learning projects that often can get over some of your frustrations and difficulties. So instead of that, you know, article you have to write being like, oh, geez, I have to do this and I don't know where to start and it's frustrating. It's, oh, maybe this is a little learning project for me and I can approach it from that perspective and, and that can sometimes overcome some of those obstacles. Yeah, that's a really great attitude to have. So essentially, you never go without goals. Is that right? <laughs> well, I like to set goals. I, I think that habits are also super important too. Yeah. So for me, I, I like to think in terms of projects, I would say more than goals because 
Goals are very important, like having a destination, having a target you're, you're after. But I also like projects because projects are much more focused on concretely what are the actions I'm taking to do this. And, and if, I think if you focus on the actions, if you focus on the habits, if you focus on what is it you're actually doing day to day, the results tend to take care of themselves. Um, and so for me with these, I, I really like taking on these sort of projects and some of them have been quite large projects, like we've talked about some of them. Um, but also sometimes they're just short projects. They're just things to try to learn something new in a, in an afternoon or in a week or, or in a month. And I find that if you can break it down and focus on the actions you need to take and set aside time, there's, there's pretty much nothing you can't do. That's wonderful. That's very, um, parallel to our founder and CEO, Leon Ho's, uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of motto with everything. Everything is a project and he's one of, um, it's certainly someone I look to for inspiration on how to get things done for productivity. It sounds kind of cliche, but he's really good at it. Um, mm -hmm. who, who do you look to for inspiration? Oh, so many people. And, you know, I documented a lot of these people in my book who are kind of my personal heroes and getting to tell their stories. Um, people in my personal life, so people that I know kind of somewhat closely, like um, authors like Cal Newport and James Clear have been inspirational to me, but in including people I've never met. So uh, Richard Feynman is one of my heroes of, of thinking and, and being a kind of nonconformist and still accomplishing great things. And so I highly recommend if anyone hasn't, you know, if, if they're going to get my book, I talk about him in my book, but I also recommend looking at um, his autobiography, Surely You Must Be Joking, Mr. Feynman, or sorry, Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, just sort Great. of talking about his life and, and stuff. So definitely one of my inspirations. That's really, really neat. Um, so anything else you want to add about your book? Well, what I'll say is this, is that I think a lot of times we talk about learning as a very practical thing, and it is. I mean, it's very important to, you know, learn new skills and improve your career and, and get new hobbies and these kind of things. But I feel in some ways that practical focus somewhat misses the point because I think that our best moments in life are going to come from not just when we get some reward or not when we get some achievement or accomplishment, but when we see the possibilities for who we might be expanding. And, and for me, learning is really that, that when you take on a project like this, yeah, you maybe learn a new language or a new skill, but you also see all these things that you might be able to do or that you might be able to accomplish that previously felt kind of walled off or impossible for you. And so that was the real inspiration for writing this book. And I think if that's something that sounds interesting to you, I highly recommend reading it. And hopefully it'll help you overcome some of your own limitations and some of your own ideas of what you can accomplish. Excellent. So um, please let our listeners know where they can purchase your book. So yeah, well, you can find it anywhere. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever you get your books. Um, I would recommend uh, going to my blog. So scotthyoung.com. We've got links to the book there from many of the retailers, Audible, any version you want, as well as many, many articles. As you mentioned, I've been writing for quite a long time. So I have think now over 1300 articles. On my That's website. amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you want to check out and read some of my other thoughts, uh, not only on learning, but on habits, productivity, goal setting, all the kinds of things that you guys cover at Lifehack, um, I, I would really love it if you would stop by. 
Absolutely. And we'll be including links um, in the, within the podcast blog post that we do to promote this and um, on our YouTube channel as well for anyone that uh, is curious on how to get those directly. Um, and to our listeners, I urge you to purchase yourself a copy of Scott's book, Ultra Learning, Master Hard Skills, Outsmart the Competition, and Accelerate Your Career. And check out his website, www.scotthyoung, that's S-C-O-T-T-H-Y-O-U-N-G.com. That wraps up today's show. Thank you all for joining and stay tuned for the next episode.